You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome to Our Creatures Podcast. Today, very excited. And I know I always say I'm excited about the interview because I always am. But this one, I mean, I've been going back and forth with my guest for a couple months now trying to get this on the books. He's so busy uh, in Nepal. But I am so excited today to introduce Sonam Lama, who is the conservation manager with the Red Panda Network. Uh, as we say in New Zealand, Kiora, Sonam, how are you doing? Kia ora, Chris. Uh, namaste, everyone listening out there. And thank you, Chris, for inviting me and Red Panda Network, especially, for yeah, your getting... very outstanding podcast. Thank you. We uh, Sonam spent some time in New Zealand, so it's been fun uh, talking to him a little bit about where he's been. And he has been up in my neck of the woods, so we're going to get there. But... So now first, I have to say congratulations. He, he is a Whitley Award winner. This award is extremely prestigious in the conservation world. Uh, I think it's it's so important to point that out because the Whitley Awards recognize the people on the ground. Like we said, these are conservation heroes. They are out there fighting for these animals. Uh, they're, in some instances, the species' last last hope. And Sonam and all the people at the Red Panda Network are are saving these animals and all the other species in Nepal. So congratulations on that, Sonam. And just to get going, can you just kind of give us your background? Because we have so many young listeners and, and uh, you know, from young children, uh, teenagers, mm-hmm. college students, they email us asking, how do I get started in this? So I love telling uh, these origin stories. So where did you grow up and, and what kind of drew you towards making a career in, in nature, you know, studying nature, protecting nature? Right. Yeah, because um, uh, I'm, I'm a village boy. Uh, I grew up in a village, uh, uh, which is in the far eastern part of Nepal, uh, actually the northeastern corner of Nepal, where uh, my village was the last village. Um, when you go trekking to the third highest mountain in the world, that's uh, Kanchanjunga. And I grew up, grew up there. And when I was a child, there was no electricity, no access to road. And there was a basic uh, school from the government of Nepal. And I studied there until grade eight. And for the grade nine and 10, I have to go to the end of the village, which was three hours uh, hiking from my village. And that was very, uh, very nice thing to to go back now. So my village is now connected with the internet, uh, telephone, mobile towers, and and we also have just a road network. Uh, maybe two years back. So I'm going to my village next week after six years, um, where I used to walk for eighteen hours to get the bus, but uh, this time I'm going to my village after six years in a jeep. So <laughs> that's that's quite quite interesting for me uh, for the next next week. So when I grew up in my village, uh, there was a the nature was everywhere. Uh, people used to live in a close harmony with the nature because our uh, firewood, the fuel for cooking and heating our 
forms was from the nature and um, our our people our my father and everyone used to uh, get their their farms uh, done in the in the in the in the forest because they used to cut the forest and they have to uh, they have to cultivate something some crops in a year and then go goes to the another one another another site and when i was a child there was not much uh emphasis given on the nature conservation uh from our 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 parents because uh it was just like a uh 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 it was free free from nature so people uh, doesn't have any kind of value uh, at that time but when the government of nepal and ww of nepal introduced a, a conservation project in my my village in 1996 that is kanchananga conservation area and and interestingly that was also also led by one of the conservationists in nepal who was uh, educated in new zealand so after after many years i also ended up doing my masters in new zealand so after seeing their ground conservation work, I am quite fascinated, uh, and I learned that uh, nature should be should be uh, in harmony with the people. Nature is the only solution for the livelihood of the people. So, so seeing their groundwork, I became interested to conservation, and then I tried to look after how I can get to conservation. Then I I joined. Uh, forestry degree for my higher high school degree then after that i received a uh, uh, scholarship to continue my bachelor's in forestry from ww uh yeah, yeah that's that's the, my childhood background yeah it is it is fascinating that uh, we, we we talk about nepal quite a bit so it's great to, to talk to somebody that that's working in conservation there because the the research coming out of nepal uh, the conservation-based approaches that we're going to talk about with your projects uh, to me and and to to angie my podcast partner when we talk about this a lot it's a roadmap for other parts of the world and uh, you know growing up or growing up in the united states but now living here in new zealand i see community-based conservation i i volunteer a little bit around here too to to help preserve wildlife so growing up in, in one of the biodiversity very rich biodiversity area you live in nepal and i know a lot of our listeners would like just love to come visit your country and hopefully they can one day so it it's interesting to hear your story talk about how the government said, okay, now we're going to start doing conservation and, and sponsor you to, to, is that true that they, is that what led you to go get your, your master's degree here in New Zealand? And then also in Germany, right? You went off to Germany and did some research there or, or did some study in there. Right. And after my master's degree, I, I, I was working before, before my master's degree, I was yeah. working with the Red Panda Network. Yeah. And after my master's degree, I, Again, worked for Red Panda for more than two years in the field. I was best in the field when we started Red Panda, and and I have I, I I had a dream to do a master degree in an international university, and and I, and I, and and New Zealand was on my list because I have seen many uh, conservationists in Nepal. They were educated in New Zealand, and there was a long relationship between New Zealand government of New Zealand and Nepal. Uh, with the legacy of Sir Patenjing and Sir Ed, so so one of the one of the uh, one of the student who was uh, uh, educated in Lincoln University was died in a helicopter accident, which was very tragic uh, during the um, established not the established launching of the Kanchanjunga Concepts Project, and in memory of in his memory, the the Lincoln University WWF. And the Greater Himalaya Foundation has founded a scholarship for Nepali students to uh, study tourism or nature conservation in Lincoln University. So I applied for that scholarship in 2016, and I got selected. And then I I chose a course that was called Masters in International Nature Conservation, which was a, a by university degree uh, between Lincoln University in New Zealand and Göttingen University in Germany. So I my prime university was Lincoln University. So I went to New Zealand, uh, Germany, 
for one semester and in the department of pest management in lincoln university i work with uh, with a professor uh, Adrian Patterson and James Ross uh, to study the diversity of mammals in Eastern Nepal, yeah, which was quite interesting, and we discovered some some new uh, items for wildlife in Nepal. Yeah, no, and and it did, it, did you say Tenzing, Norway, right? Like the the mountaineering aspect. I forgot that connection between us here in New Zealand and Nepal, and and the, the rich history there of the last few decades. And that's that's you must have been an outstanding student to get that scholarship to come study down here. So congrats on that. And, Thank you. So your research, your master's research, it 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 reading some of it, the description of it, they say it's groundbreaking. Because were you one of the first to, to radio caller red pandas? Is that what your master's work was was about? Or what was some of that research that you were involved with early on with the red panda network? Uh, yeah, the, that for my master's degree, we did a, a camera trap study on red pandas and all the wildlife. We wanted to access the diversity of mammals in the eastern part of Nepal, which is a very important biodiversity area in the Western Himalayas because it connects the habitat between um, India and also with the Bhutan and, and also with the China. So, so, so being that diverse uh, habitat for wildlife, the area was not investigated before. So we, we, we didn't have any concrete, uh, concrete data on the diversity of the wildlife species there. So we did that one in 2018 and 2019. So our camera study revealed that uh, there are many uh, species which are recorded for the first time, um, uh, which have a regional importance for Nepal and which are also endangered for Nepal and also globally. And one of the one of the cat species that's called marble cat was first time photographed during our, our study. And that was very remarkable for the cat lovers. And 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 yeah, the the, the GPS coloring study of Red Panda, uh, we did that one in in 2020 and 2021. That is not part of my research, but okay. that was led by one of our colleagues, mm-hmm. uh, former colleague Dumbar Bista, uh, who was doing his PhD and he just finished his PhD uh, from from one of the university in Australia, so so that was a part of that. Yeah. Okay. 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 So yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it was just interesting because I know that's a lot of what you're doing now. Well, I I kind of want to back up a little bit now and and what why red pandas for you and and how did you because you reading your story too, you were there at the beginning of the red panda network, which is always fascinating to me uh, you know I've talked to, to other conservation experts from around the world and how they found these organizations I, I just oh I gotta tap my tip my hat to you for 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 being a part of that so why red pandas what what really drew you in I mean everybody looks at a red panda and goes oh my god they're the cutest things ever they're so charismatic uh, they're just such a phenomenal animal but why specifically because you have so much biodiversity there in Nepal what drew you to them to to study and and fight to to save uh yeah yeah chris yeah there is a there is a there is a story behind why i'm i'm following red panda <laughs> for more than a decade yeah. so when i was a child uh there was a red panda stopped red panda in my home and i was not aware that that animal is in danger one and that was like a toy for me, and and my father used to uh, use that stuffed red panda as a scarecrow because we had to uh, dry our grains in the sun. So when they have to uh, dry the or dry the grains, they they put that stuffed red panda just just behind the grains, and then the chickens will will not come there to eat that grains, and the birds also will be scared there. So. <laughs> And later on, when I was studying studying in the college, and I read the news about someone studying about red panda from United States, and 
his name is Brian Williams. Uh, he is the he is the founder of the Red Panda Network. And mm-hmm. when I I read that news, and I I I I I think back to my childhood story. Oh, that that Red Panda was with my home. So someone from very far is here to study that animal in my village. So so that fueled my curiosity about the Red Panda. And during until that time. Uh, there was no any definite conception majors being applied in our areas and and people were not giving attention to that tiny animal it was it is definitely a, a charismatic animal and everyone loves it but 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 when the people of my villages uh they were mostly doing agriculture thing and and livestock ranching so they they don't care about the red pandas mm-hmm. mostly because they are mostly concentrated to uh, fulfill their livelihood opportunities. And after that, I became interested to study more about uh, red pandas, and I I came in contact with the Brian Williams, and and later he founded the Red Panda Network. So so the the pericute species and that has some kind of story connected with my childhood, and that can represent the landscape of my my hometown so that's a perfect match for me and then i became interested i talked with brian and we started to work together for the sake of nature for the sake of our people uh in our own areas yeah yeah, it's 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 a very common story. These livestock or or, or you know agriculture and, and human wildlife conflict, but again, like I, I go back to Nepal when I when I talk about you know some of these studies that are coming out of there, like especially with like uh, you know, snow leopards and stuff, uh, a lot of conflicts there, and how Nepal is kind of leading the way, showing the world how to live side by side each other. So what's going on? I guess if you can kind of describe what are the current challenges of the red panda today? Um, mm-hmm. You know, you talked about that. It's a fascinating story, too, that you had a stuffed red panda to, to keep the chickens away. It's hilarious. But mm-hmm. what I, I guess pre-COVID, because I know during COVID, I'd like to ask you, I'd like to follow up or if you remember, follow up how they're doing with COVID, because I know that's had an impact on them. Pre-COVID, what was it looking like for red pandas there uh, in that part of the world? Uh, yes, Chris, uh, there are some 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 changes, ups and downs, pre and post COVID and during the COVID. So, so the biggest threat for red panda is is the destruction of habitat. Uh, we are losing habitat every day, uh, and the red pandas are mostly found in Asian countries that are five countries, Nepal, India, Bhutan, China, and Myanmar. And, and development is being massive in every country. So they live in the mountains. So, uh, as the, the mountain ecosystem is very fragile. And people are also, and the red pandas are, are found in Nepal in the human domain, because there are people scattered in the mountains and they have to build the roads to go to travel there from one village to another village. Uh, so the law enforcement is not that um, not that in the right track. And the priority of every every people is development. So the first one is the first massive challenge for the red pandas is uh, loss of the habitat globally. But in the recent days, the, the second most uh, pressing challenge for red pandas, particularly for Nepal, is watching an illegal trade of their skin or pelts. And if we compare the data uh, pre-COVID, during COVID and post-COVID, there is a significant difference between uh, the num- number of red panda skin being traded. Uh, the skin of red panda being traded in Nepal uh, uh, skyrocketed during the COVID season because there was a reverse migration of people from city to villages. So during that time, I think they were able to collect more red pandas, uh, killed red pandas uh, higher than the pre-COVID. So uh, during and soon after the COVID, we analyzed the data and we were almost losing 
or red panda in every 10 days for Nepal. So that was quite a challenging thing for us now. And we have been uh, developing strategies and uh, field activities that can uh, uh, counter such negative consequences in the, in the, in the, in the, in the habitat. Yeah, it's it is it's distressing. I mean, it was what fifty percent reduction in population in the last twenty years of red pandas uh, across the range, and like you said, during COVID, it, it spiked in in poaching incidents. Now, is that because you know? Because I think we're still gathering data uh, around the mm-hmm. world on on how animals have fared uh, with mm-hmm. poaching, you know, in Africa. It, it was rhinos. I think the data was showing rhinos and elephants were being poached less, but other species were being poached higher. So in that area of the world, is it is it just to get the skins and sell the skins? Or is it, do people eat red panda for survival? Or is it just their nuisance and, hey, nobody's out here watching us. We just got to get rid of them. Mm, yeah, it's, it's, it's only for... Selling red panda pelts. Yeah, okay. uh, people really don't eat red panda. Yeah, I don't think so. But <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They they have a conception that they can make a lot of money from the skin of red panda, but okay. but it's not true, and yeah. they don't have any definite market. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. So that's the bad. That's 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 not the. The bad news or the not so good news but the good news is you're out there the red panda network is out there fighting for mm-hmm. these animals how i guess a, a big question for you is how difficult is it to study them in the wild because these are some pretty remote regions right where you go and watch the videos i mean they're fascinating but you're you're getting in some deep bush and some high mountains and <laughs> you know in really some crazy places in nepal right right yeah right yeah, it's um, it's both. It's hard and it's fun and it's easy too, uh, because we forget everything, every hardships when we spot a red panda, and it looks like a miracle for me every time when I spot a red panda. It's a, it's a tiny creature and um, it lives in the very high mountains with a uh, with a thick canopy cover, big trees. And 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 then there is there is a lot of bamboos, very dense bamboo on the on the story. Uh, so it, it's it's quite hard to spot a red one because they are very low in numbers, mm. and they really really camouflage well in the in the mossy uh, habitat because uh, there are oak trees and a lot of mosses on the trees. So it's very really hard to spot them. But at the same time, um, in the reward is when we spot a red panda, and uh, we forget everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, you you find them. It's like you celebrate. I have trouble finding yeah. them at the zoos. Like when, when I go and see them, I'm like, "Where is this red panda?" And it takes forever to finally see them uh-huh. in the canopy. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. It's very hard, but yeah, yeah. Uh, with the modern technologies like the GPS calling, mm-hmm. GPS tracking, uh, we have some kind of um some kind of uh, easiness that we can track them track them well and we did that one in in the past few years mm-hmm. your brain needs support and new ollie brainy chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health made with scientifically backed ingredients like thai ginger l-theanine and caffeine brainy chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus stay chill or get energized be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, everyone. You may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast. And my name is Bruna, and you don't recognize me from anything yet. Together, we're two scientists who explore all of the weird little questions and conspiracies of the universe in our new podcast, Mystery of Everything. Everything has an explanation. We hope. But that is what we're here to figure out. We will dive into the science behind many popular conspiracy theories, such as vaccines causing autism, flat earth theory, and was the moon landing fake? And if so, why the heck would anyone even do that? But it's not just conspiracies. There's a lot of cool mysteries that we will attempt to use science to explain, such as near-death experiences. What made the Vikings go berserk? 
and Can I Control My Co-Host with MK Ultra? Wait, what? <laughs> anyway, make sure to check out the Mischief Everything podcast everywhere where you find your podcasts. Yeah, so that's I had a question. I don't know if you can answer this or not, but when you spot them in the trees, how do you safely get them to put a collar on them? It's you know because <laughs> they're so high up, and you know you obviously got to be careful. And 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 so how do you how do you really get get them to get those collars on them? Yeah, uh, mm, yeah, it's, it's it's really hard to cast them. Mm, they they live in a big trees up in the canopy, and it's really hard to trap them. Mm-hmm. So we devised uh, devised some some techniques, and that's all already published in the journal. Um, so if you guys are interested, you can look and take a reference for other animals, and it's it's quite quite similar to the koala mm-hmm. research and uh, trapping techniques. We also refer the techniques from koala research uh, uh, that happened in Australia. So when we spot a red panda in the tree. Uh, uh, definitely a red panda is very shy animal, so they don't uh, run fast from tree to trees. So when we spot them, they, they keep looking to us. And if there is no any connective branches between the trees, they don't, they cannot escape. So we've, uh, we first fenced off the areas uh, on the bottom of the tree, the big tree, we fence up the area. With some some we we built a, a fencing of mattresses, mm-hmm. and then we keep a trap in a in a in a in an exit point where the red pandas think that the the trap is very transparent one on the other side of the exit. So red panda thinks that they they can escape from there. So so he or she enters into that trap and that that is trapped into that that um, that specially designed trap. So we did not within a few few minutes, a few, few seconds, we we handle them, mm-hmm. and and we can we can capture them from the trap, and then we provide some some medicines that can um, that can keep them uh, very silent mm-hmm. for a few 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 minutes, and so after that we 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 take measurements of everything, weight and length, and whatever we have to do, and put the collars on. And then after we provide them antidotes and they get fresh and we monitor them for a few hours when when they get fresh and they are released. Mm. I I can tell you living the dream for many of our listeners and myself and Angie. It's 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 studying animals in the wild like you do and being able to to handle them safely to 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 learn. And I want to ask you next what you're learning from them. But yeah, jealousy. <laughs> In New Zealand, I'm like, oh, I would love to be up there in Nepal. But then after, you know, hiking up in the mountains and stuff and, and the frustrations and you're like, oh, I can imagine uh, the victory when you finally get one of these collars on them. So yeah. what's what's some of the data that you're getting back uh, with these studies? Yeah, we already, we already um, uh, received uh, all the data from 10 red pandas um, until 2021. So our colleague Dumber Bister, who did the PhD uh, on this research, uh, he actually I just received a copy of his PhD <laughs> dissertation yesterday. Oh yeah, and, um, okay. and it it is one of my happiest day in in the in in the red panda consumption career. So so he already published uh, five or six communications from that study, uh, and the remarkable one is. Uh, we have updated uh, data on the home range of red pandas. And uh, the previous one was based on radio coloring. Now ours is a GPS one because uh, the radio coloring study done in Nepal by one of the, one of the, one of the scientists back in 1990, 1990s, 1970s, mm-hmm. was um, was needed to be updated, so we have updated data now. So, so we have uh, we also learned that uh, they need a space uh, when the red pandas uh, becomes adult. Um, they 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 look for the uh, new homes. Mm-hmm. They want they they also make a territory 
because red pandas very shy and silent animals, but still they they have they have to defend their territory. So so to look uh, or to search a new home, they have to travel very far, and there are a lot of disturbances along the, their routes because uh, there are uh, villages in the mountain between the habitats and there are roads and there are cattle herding stations and ducks, free-ranging ducks everywhere. So there are a lot of noises for red pandas uh, to easily migrate uh, between their habitats. So one of the red panda traveled very far and he, he also went, he traveled to India where the habitat was quite good. And then he also, he again came back to Nepal and traveled, traveled far to get a new home. And that, that data, that understanding we received from our study, GP scholar study, uh, 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 made us to realize that we have to uh, make a corridors for red pandas. So, so in 2016, we did a national type of red panda habitat survey for Nepal. Before that, we didn't have any concrete data on red panda distribution in Nepal. And along the, along the gradient of red panda habitat, uh, we found out that there are more than 400 different red panda habitat patches along the, along the east, west, western Nepal. Mm -hmm. So, so our, our um, focus should be on restoring, uh, connecting those uh, islands. Uh, uh, after that, we are we have been working, um, working heavily on restoring red pine habitat. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah, it's it's doing really really uh, good work. It. I know where I want to go to it. it, it, it <laughs> The other species that are benefiting from your research, you mm -hmm. know, because it, we talk about red pandas a lot, are they kind of seen as an umbrella species protecting others in their habitat? I mean, there's so many, I mean, you have mm -hmm. elephants and you have rhinos and you have, you know, snow leopards and uh, other leopards like, and, and like I said, the marble cat, right? That was, that was the one you yeah. mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marble so cat, yeah. It, is, are there other species that are, that are benefiting from this? Yeah, definitely, Chris. Um, red panda is uh, taken as a heart mm -hmm. um, of the forest. Uh, uh, because when you save the red pandas, uh, they need, a, they're, they're, they're really sensitive wildlife. So we have to uh, take care of their habitat in a, in, a, in a maximum way. So when we protect their habitat, uh, definitely, uh, the temperate broadleaf forest of the eastern Himalaya, where red pandas are living, is a home to many indigenous wildlife, and including tiger. And that was very fascinating yeah. for us. To us in 2019, uh, when we were studying red panda with the GPS scholar, we also tried to uh, cross verify how the red pandas, people, and livestock and feral ducks are interacting. So we placed camera traps around the habitats of red panda, where we have GPS collar tenant pandas. So fortunately, uh, that camera trap also captured a Bengal tiger <laughs> in a record high altitude for Nepal, and that was wow. never been there before. Yeah! Wow! Wow! And, wow! Yeah, and it was a um, it was in a in a in a thirty one hundred seventy five meter altitude in Sri Nepal. Wow. So, so red panda, the habitat of red panda, not only provides home for the for the other cats, it's also for the Bengal tiger. And there are clouded leopards, very charismatic wildcat. Mm. And we have a we have a data of red panda and clouded leopards sharing the same tree. Oh, and yeah, I'd like to see that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's 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 was very very interesting. Yeah. And there are a lot of leopards in the red panda habitat. And there, there is a there's a there's a there's a mammal called spotted linsang, mm -hmm. which is endangered for Nepal. We also recorded for the first time in eastern Nepal during our study on red panda. So so definitely the habitat of red panda provides home for many other endangered wildlife. And and 
And if we talk about the illegal trade, uh, the must traffic wildlife, wild mammals is the pangolin one. And the pangolin also, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. don't share the habitat with the red pandas, but they, uh, the, our, our protection of red panda habitat also benefits them because they are just on the, on the edge. When the habitat of pangolin finishes, then the habitat of red panda starts. Yeah. So yeah. we are also looking, trying to work uh, in a small way for the conservation of pangolin world where we keep yeah, no, it's uh, the pangolin. It's just the silent extinction that's going on with them. And and people seem to forget, like you said, the most trafficked animal in the world. And and their story is, is wow, you know, heartbreaking from Africa to Asia. Uh, what's mm-hmm. going on with them? Yeah, yeah. It, so looking at your Whitley Award, it, it, it's not only the radio coloring, but what other uses are the funds going to, towards? And I guess I want to get to your community-based uh, support. What does that look like? Because in my opinion, and again, I just been doing this for a few years and reading the research. And like, I think I, I told you, I think before we started recording that I just always felt that the community-based approaches that Nepal's leading and we're seeing in other, other parts of the world, pick up pace in Africa, South, Af- uh, South America, uh, here in New Zealand, um, Australia and Asia, that is the key to me, and, and I don't know. So, can you kind of talk about that, like like where the the, the Whitley Award, you know, what you got the money for, and and where you're going, you know, not just continuing the radio tracking, which is critical, but what mm-hmm. else are you, what else are you starting? You and the Red Panda Network are starting to uh, investigate and 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 uh, you know get on the ground and, and get started on. Yeah, uh, the 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 GPS tracking of red panda was was a collaboration between uh, between the Queensland University Red Panda Network and and the Rotor Zoo, who has been our supporter since we started Red Panda Conservation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rotor Zoo from the Netherlands uh, they provided us financial support and also the technical support from from their staff to handle red pandas because it's a very sensitive to handle red pandas in the wild. So one of our colleagues in the Rotorium Zoo, Jan Wuerman, he did a, a, a test of the GPS colors on their zoo, zoo red pandas. So mm-hmm. that was very helpful. Mm-hmm. And coming to the Whitley Awards, um, I'm very grateful to the Whitley Fund for Nature for recognizing our uh, groundwork of red panda conception, which has which we joined for more than one 1.5 decades. In Nepal, and we are still trying to get into other red panda states for the same one to replicate our community-based red panda conservation project. And the Whitley Award, uh, which we which we received in 2022, uh, is a very remarkable uh, during the journey of red panda conservation because it not only provided us financial support to to continue or to upscale our community-based policy project, but also it provided us platforms to connect with the fellow conservationists, with the funders and supporters, and we get a lot of uh, highlights, uh, attention from conservation community, which is very helpful. And the major funds from the Whitley Awards is uh, is is for the for the restoration of panda habitat. So we are restoring around 200 hectares of red panda habitat in eastern Nepal by the fund from Whitley Awards. And the second one is the, the lack of awareness on red panda consumption. So we have a data or we have a study done on illegal trade of red panda consumption. Based on that data, we have some focus Villages are focused districts where we have to conduct um, awareness on red panda consumption. So we'll we'll be conducting red panda consumption awareness programs in the villages out there uh, who have previously been involved in illegal trade of trade trapping of red panda pelts and posing. So we have been using one of our iconic uh, actor from Nepal, Ayahang Rai. So with his help, we, we will be reaching out to more than 100 community people to, to spread the red panda conservation awareness. Uh, 
more than that, we we will we will conduct the regular anti-poaching patrolling in new districts. So 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 tomorrow we are signing a contract with the new district uh, NGO partners in Nepal. So we have we'll be able to um, add three more districts to conduct red panda conservation project in Eastern Nepal. Yeah, these are the these are the some of the some of the yeah oh highlights yeah <laughs> it's a lot it's a lot i mean even you know and, and then getting women in conservation in nepal that was part of the 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 whitley award which is very oh, right, important, right, right, right right yeah yeah right yeah um we, yeah we have some some resources guardians that means they are they are the key players in our restoration project uh they they take care of seedlings in the nurseries the, the transplant nurseries transplants small seedlings in the in the planted sites and and they take care of the plants mm-hmm. we planted so they are called estrogen gardens and mostly they are female yeah no and and you're right to get such a prestigious award and and being recognized for the work it definitely helps spotlight that part of the world and and, and it's just such a like I said, charismatic. We do not want red pandas to go extinct. Please, please. You know, and I'm going to push at the end to for for people if they can give any money to the Red Panda Network. I've given money to the Red Panda Network. Uh, these are uh, such important animals. But we'll do that at the end. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Thank and, you. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. Just a few more questions because I, I I know you're you're busy. You're very very busy. Um, I guess my next question was. The overall outlook in Nepal, do I have it right that, and I guess it's sometimes it's hard when you live there, like in New Zealand, and you know this from living here, very green, we're pushing green policies, but yet we still, we still burn a lot of coal and we still have things that we need to get done here um, to, to be sustainable and, and reduce our carbon footprints and things like that. But I feel like New Zealand's one of the countries in the world that's leading the way and, and showing people how to conserve our wildlife and how to be better citizens of this planet. Right. Do I have it right that Nepal is really focused on conservation and wants to protect their wildlife uh, you know, with your project, the red panda, like I said, the tiger, I forgot to even think about the, the tigers in Nepal, uh, but all the wildlife there is, is that true? Is Nepal really a lot of good works going on around you to preserve your species? Yeah, definitely, Chris, because there are a lot of noises from around the world, mm-hmm. but in terms of Nepal, we have instability in politics and many things but but in terms of conservation of wildlife and and landscape uh labeled conservation nepal is somehow somehow an example mm. and if we talk about the conservation of megafauna like tigers and rhinos and mm. elephant uh and small liver also um uh, uh, we have uh, i think we ha- we set some standards for for the global Conservation communities because when the when the government of uh, every tiger range states uh, declares or uh, they they agreed to double the number of tigers in 2010, mm-hmm. and this year was the target year, and the and we doubled not only doubled we increased the number of tigers by 190 percent. Oh wow! And wow. now we have 355 tigers in the wild. Mm-hmm. Nepal is the first country to achieve that um, TX2 goal, which is amazing. Yeah. But but also we have to look after some of the other aspects of uh, harmony between tiger and people. Uh, so I think our government definitely look after that one. And if we talk about the um, uh, snow leopard conservation. Nepal is also one of the example in community-based snow leopard conservation with uh, with providing schemes of uh, insurance to the livestock holders who whose livelihood depends upon their life mm-hmm. livestock. So that's a very crucial one. And we have a very stable number of uh, rhino populations with many 
zero posting year uh, in Nepal uh, because in, in, in maybe one, one, one decade before there was a very uh, bad condition of rhino poaching and threat mm-hmm. in Nepal. So now we, now we have uh, some kind of stable rhino population too. But still, our, our focus is mainly on the megafauna. Yeah. So uh, small mammals like red pandas and pangolins, they are out of the radar consumption communities. So, uh, so I would like to request everyone who have a special love for the small wild yeah. small mammals, small species like red pandas, to support uh, for their consumption effort in every way, not in a monetary way. They can do it in a raising awareness or networking. No, that's a good. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, big voice for for small mammal. Yes, definitely, mm-hmm. uh, and the work mm-hmm. that you're doing. So. What's the outlook for red pandas right now? Is it, I know it's been tough through COVID. Is this, does it seem like the population's stabling off or, or what's the long-term prognosis for this species? Um, we don't have any definite number of the red panda populations because it's small and we need to, we need to follow some genetic study on that one. But, uh, but we have uh, quite a good numbers of red panda populations. In, in terms of Nepal, and and but 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 we have to work now. Uh, if we have to save them for our our, our future generations, mm-hmm. and for the sake of the planet, uh, that's why we are working. We are working very hard in the field and in the text too. Uh, but but uh, we really need to think. We really need to think from our own side uh, and act now because you already mentioned that we already lost 50% of their population in only in the two decades of time period. That's huge. And and the IUCN has estimated that the, 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 the scenario will be the same one if we do not act now. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah. So support the Red Pendant Network <laughs> like that again. Yeah. So I, I guess my final question and kind of where people can can help, um, you know, besides donating just money to Red Panda Network, what else can they do? But one thing you're doing is you have a YouTube channel. It's through the Red Panda Network, but it's Habre Guff Gaff, if I say that right. Uh, can you kind of explain what that is? And 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 I I threw it up there. I, I started watching it, and um, you know, it looked fascinating. So if you can kind of talk about what that is real quick uh, before we plug some social media stuff. Sure. Um, yeah, it's Chris. Uh, it's it's called uh, if we have a uh, um, difficulties, are we had that's the, the that that case uh, invented. So when during the COVID time. We have difficulties to go into the into our communities, so we we were looking for a platform to connect with the communities, and then we we started Habre Gokka. So Habre Gokka is Habre is a Nepali name for red pandas. Gokka means chit chat. So we and it's not for the big people to come and come and talk. Mm-hmm. It's a it's the voice. We try to bring the voice of the local herders, the grassroots stakeholders who are the tree planters, who are the red panda protectors or forest guardians, we call them forest guardians who are the monitors of red pandas, and the the community leaders uh, who are um, planting trees. So so it's a means of of communication uh, between community and, and our stakeholders. Who are in the in the in the, in the, in the, in the, in the far world? Mm-hmm. So that one was very effective one, and it will remain in a forever for in the YouTube. So so the the YouTube series called Havrek of yeah. uh, is one of the platform to 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 engage our audiences or engage our supporters and our grassroots partners. Yeah, yeah no, I'll, I'll definitely put the links uh, in the show notes. Uh, final question. What can our listeners do? Sonam? I mean, what, you know, what can I do here? I mean, I definitely will donate, uh, 
you know, again, but what else could can we do to help red pandas? Yeah, everyone listening out there is uh, can be a change, can be a can be a part of change our red panda consumption mission. So, like Chris, you have invited me to your outstanding podcast because you are the voice of red panda consumption. So uh, you are contributing uh, to the red panda consumption. So people out there, whatever means, they can be a, a voice of red panda. They can spread about the red panda consumption things and awareness items to their friends and families. And they can teach their uh, uh, children about red pandas and they can go to our website where they can they can get resources and learn more about red pandas. And it's not only the monetary thing, as I mentioned earlier. So be the voice of red panda conservation. And uh, if if you can, you can you can help us. Uh, you can donate uh, uh, us uh, through the link on our website. And our the link of the website is uh, redpandanetwork.org. I was just looking it up. Redpandanetwork.org. I will definitely put the links uh, in the show notes. And it, it was, you know, we we covered him in episode 165, Red Pandas, and we're going to re-release that episode to highlight them mm-hmm. again. I mean, just a, a beloved animal. Uh, I have him here at my local zoo, which you've been to when you were living here in New right. Zealand. And right. I really, really, Nepal is is one of the top countries in the world I, I i want to get to so once travel gets a little bit more affordable it's still a little out of reach <laughs> i will try right. to come up i will try to come up there and, and i don't know if i could trek around the mountains with you but god i would just love to, to meet you or the, the people in the red panda network and and thank them all for what they're doing sonam lama he is the conservation manager of red panda network whitley award winner in 2022 a true conservation hero. I mean, for me and and my listeners, thank you for what you're doing. I mean, honestly, we get the emails all the time, social media, thanking us for for telling your story. Um, so thank you for for spending the the hour with me, and thank you for what you do for red pandas and all the animals there in the world. It is greatly appreciated, more than you know. Um, but thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Chris, and the uh, entire team of the All Creatures podcast. Uh, it's my honor to be, to be here and speak about the Red Panda conversation that I love and uh, I do every day. And thank you, everyone who is listening to this podcast, and thank you for your support. And thank you, every uh, donors, supporters around the world. And you are part of the, part of the Red Panda conversation. Without your support, uh, uh, we cannot do it.